Welcome to episode 87 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Um, another week of hockey, another full roster that we've got this week. Uh, and if you are a Frelunda fan, another logo to celebrate that looks like a Lego handshake. Um, but we'll join everybody first. Start off with Dave. So how are you doing, mate? I don't know where to begin. I'm not too bad, thank you. Uh, Joe, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Again, I think I've blinked and we're back to another podcast again. I feel like it was yesterday that we did the last one. It does, yeah. Uh, and a really good um, episode last time. If you haven't listened or heard, do so. Um, but yeah, another week, another chance to go over some interesting decisions over the last week. Yeah, that's one way of saying it. Definitely one way of saying it. that, yeah. <laughs> We're also joined by Mr Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we doing, mate? Uh, I'm good, thanks, Joe. Um, keeping it on, on the... Uh, same level, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright, mate. I'm alright. It's the first, first first podcast of the year where I can drink. Um, dry January is officially completed. And, uh, yeah, got a, got a couple of cans to, to go with the episode. So I'm, I'm, I'm spot on, mate. Very good. And last but not least, we have the, the toothless wonder that is uh, Mr. Gareth Dutton. Gareth, how, how is one? One is pretty good, thanks. How about yourself? Can well, keep the theme. Unsurprisingly, mate, I am okay. I am. Uh, I'm all good. <laughs> Better this time last week because we were seeing each other this weekend. That's very true. That's very. I'm gonna miss you this weekend. But you are a lovely trip to Bradford for me. Delightful. <laughs> Just what we want—a lovely trip to Bradford. We've got a lovely trip to Nottingham, mate, so, uh, yeah. You can't have it all. Can't have it all, this is true, can't have it all. Super Bowl the week after, mate. Can't wait. Can't wait. Absolutely right. We'll go straight into the hockey over the last week, so I'll just quickly run through the scores that we've got. So the Coventry Blaze won 4-3 in a shootout to Guildford. Uh, The Cardiff Devils won 4-0 against the Five Flyers. Uh, Saturday, the Steelers beat the Flyers 3-1. Uh, the Glasgow clan took a 2-1 overtime loss in Glasgow against the Guildford Flames. Dundee lost 4-3 in a shootout to Manchester. Cardiff beat the Panthers 5-1. And Belfast Giants beat the Blaze 6-1. And then on to Sunday, the Panthers beat the Stars 5-2. The Belfast Giants beat Coventry 3-0. Uh, the Storm took a commanding 6-1 win against Glasgow. And the Steelers took a 6-2 road victory against the Five Flyers. Uh, highlights, gents. Mine's, um, excuse me, uh, Glasgow-Guildford. Um, Battle of the G's. Um, the early start for the pair of them, goals from Guffier and Watson cancelled each other out in the first 10 minutes. And then that was it. Until overtime. Um with uh, the game winner from uh, Gary uh, giving Guildford uh, much needed uh, two points they've had a bit of a slump with their results so uh, good result for them uh, gives them uh, continued slim hopes for uh, top four if they have any at all chance but they've got to get the wins and they did that in Glasgow so yeah I'm going for Manchester v Glasgow a result I definitely didn't predict last week, and I'm so glad I didn't because it came as a surprise to not only ourselves but to 
mostly at every fan around the rink. We won, oh, Manchester won 6-1. Goals from Van Wormer, Scott Simmons, Van Wormer again, Breda, Hazel Dean. That's when then Starrett was pulled. Jordan McLaughlin went in there. No one on the port scored. You think, oh no, is this the comeback? But no, Frankie Melton then scores in the power play. A game I definitely didn't expect to win. Or at least win by at least five goals. That was a shocker. I like the way you say a result none of us expected when you were the only one that said, let's go, we're going to win. Not by five goals, though. No, I'll give you that, I'll give you that. Uh, mine is the Belfast Comtra game from uh, last Sunday. I thought it would be a lot more closer than, than it was for Coventry to at least get a couple of goals out of that. Um, shame that I didn't. But it's a strong Belfast team this year. Uh, first up in the first period, we had Tyler, Tyler Soy scoring first for the Giants. Uh, and then in the second, we had my friend, Mr. JJ Pitnick, again getting on the board. Uh, followed by an empty netter by Ben Lake. There's not a lot I can really say. Uh, Contra, I don't think, really turned up as, as what, what we were hoping that we would they would do or have shown from previous games. Uh, but it was a beautiful finish um, from um, Pinnick on, on that goal for them. Uh, also, some really good saves uh, from... Uh, CJ Mott is a beautiful uh, I, I think it's, it's the right game to talk about but it's, uh, it's the one where he's basically on his back and he did like a, a full three, three sort of 60 with his upper body and managed to just uh, get his glove on that puck um, as he was going in the net so great, great save from CJ Mott there um, no surprise he got the first first save of the week spot he's been fantastic for them so far and uh I think a lot of teams would want him in, in their goal. Uh, I know I'm certainly one of those people. I would love to have him on, on our team. Just at every game he seems to show up and pull the inevitable, inevitable off. Just a shame that the uh, people in front of him couldn't get, at least get a couple of goals out of it. But um, yeah, it's, just, it's still a good game. Yeah, mate, you say it made the first first save of the week. I, I'm interested to see the save of the season if something beats that. That was an insane save by CJ Mott. Um, my game is the Five Flyers against the Sheffield Steelers um, Sunday game. Quite a good game for me to watch because I turned up late to watch the webcast and missed the first two goals. So I actually just saw six goals from the Steelers. Um, the first goal for Five was scored 29 seconds in the game. Uh, at which point, if you're a Sheffield fan, you were thinking, no, it's OK. It's OK, it's just one goal. Three minutes, 52 in, you're thinking, OK, 2-0. Maybe not. First goal was Jacob Benson. Second goal for the Flyers was Greg Chase. Uh, Steelers scored five minutes, 10 into the second through Justin Hodgman to make it 2-1. Uh, and the second period it ended 2-1. Uh, no, it didn't. I've made that up completely. God, I cannot get this section down at all. Um no, sorry, the second period ended 2-2. as a goal through Tanner Eberle at 37-29. Um, and then the third period was just all Steelers. Um, Matthias Sointu scored to make it 3-2, a minute and 44 into the period. Um, Mark Olivier Valorant scored a short-handed goal at 49-02 uh, to make it 4-2. Uh, Martin Latell 
uh, scored the fifth goal for the Steelers at 51-27 and then 59-17, the last goal for the Steelers through Tommaso Traversa. Um, highlight point of the game for me, that because Traversa has been an absolutely outstanding player for Sheffield. Um, one that I very much hope we see play until at least the end of the season, if not signing for next season as well. Uh, and the effort that he's been putting on the ice, it's nice to see that be rewarded with a goal. Um one thing I've got to say about this, I mean, it looked a bit bleak for the Steelers if you were watching on Twitter for the first period. Um, there were 52 shots on goal by the Steelers in that game. CJ Mott made 40... Uh, CJ Mott, my God! Shane Owen made 46 saves in the game. Um, I genuinely i am tilting towards saying that, that Shane Owen may be the best goalie in the league at the moment, just with not a good team in front of him. Um, 46 saves is a pretty outstanding effort and I think he did a similar job in Sheffield the night before um, so a good game to watch definitely if you're a Steelers fan coming from behind and, uh, and getting that game but uh, yeah interesting to see Fife get on the board twice particularly after a long weekend for them they played Cardiff on the Friday in Cardiff played Sheffield in Sheffield on the Saturday um, so a long weekend for them two tough teams to play so to go 2 the up quite so quick was a good result for them and then it went swiftly downhill but um, yeah decent game to watch glad you got the teams right eventually mate what they playing uh, teams were right mate just the players and scores that were just the problems <laughs> but, <laughs> but I just want to elaborate on your point with uh, Shane Owen I think he fa- I think I saw some along the lines he faced just shy of 150 shots throughout the weekend three games three nights that's some workout for any goalie, whether you are um, Vasilevsky in the NHL or Yushino, and that's a hell of a lot of a, a workload. For him to think he's seeded, what, 11, 12? Oh, that... 11, 13. 13 in total, that's a hell of a, a, hell of a performance from him. And uh, as much as CJ Mott's save will be the save of the season... Um, if, like, like you said, if we see if there's a save that's better than that, we will be in for some treats because they'll have to be really good because that was outstanding. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think them two are battling. No, I'm going with you on that one. I think them two are battling for the best in the league. Yeah, Caruso playing well in Cardiff. Stanovich is playing well in Sheffield. Um, Carl's turning up with some decent performances for Nottingham, but I think if we're bluntly honest, the top two is a battle between Owen and Mark. And, you know, for one, in one respect, it's actually, and bizarrely, given where the teams are currently in the league, that's a bit of an exciting contest. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he faced, he faced 48 shots against Cardiff. So, he faced four goals conceded against Cardiff on 48 shots. Bloody good effort. Uh, 48 shots against Sheffield and conceded three. And then, obviously, 52 shots against Sheffield on the Sunday and conceded six. Not bad going at all. I think he, I'm pretty sure he got man of the match in Chef. I think he got man of the match in Fife. Match, yeah, but they were both the same man of match players, both starting Sunday. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think it might be a discussion that we need to have further down the line, is it? More of a, like we did the in-depth GB discussion. If we've got a bit of a shorter agenda in in future, we might have to go in a bit more in-depth on, uh, on goalies, because we've commented already about how weird the season it is about how good the goalies are and genuinely I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing any of the 10 goalies playing in an orange shirt next year um, 
so yeah, I think that thing could be quite an interesting discussion down the line. But that, that's the way I'm leaning. I, I lean with you, though, mate. If then CJ Mott's definitely the one in contention for me at the moment. Um, next thing I've got on the agenda is the airport. I don't actually know how we're going to do this because I don't actually think we discussed that place. I think that was one thing we missed up as to whether we were going to go through different players or what we were going to do. Um, but I'll just run through them quickly. So. Imance Leskovs left the five flyers to sign for Krakowia Krakow. Uh, Reese Cochran left the Glasgow clan to play for Kakadi Kestrels. Uh, Kevin Massey has signed from Angler in the French First League uh, to play for Nottingham. Uh, Andreas Baldix has left the Sheffield Steelers to go to the Sheffield Steel Dogs. Interestingly, a lack of an announcement on that one. It was a bit of a strange one. Uh, and Chris Lawrence gets to add another EIHL stamp to his passport as he signs for five flyers. Um... What do we want to do, boys? We want to leave it at that. Do we want to discuss any of those players? Up to you. Um, Valdix, a bit of a strange one in, in context. Of, I mean, first of all, I say this as a Sheffield fan without, if you don't know, you know the, a shift he put in coming into the team when we needed the body and then getting it himself. Um, I think as much as we all enjoyed his first shift in Sheffield, I think obviously we had as much of the goods in the first one as good and as sort of effort like again. So I think we should be grateful for that. Um, there's a hell of a signing for the Seal Dogs, um, and I think he will do some interesting work in the NIHL. Um, that should give them a quite um, quite a leg up in terms of. Uh, their season because it's a quite a tight race between for the for the top of the uh, the league. Um, yeah, um, it's a good good pick up for the for the Seal Dogs. Yep, yep, spot on. Here's a pretty good pick up there. It's what are you saying for you guys? It was another butter. A body that you definitely needed going up to the Conti Cup over in Denmark. Especially when you lost was it Connolly in like the, the second game? First game. First game? There we go then. So definitely a body needed. Didn't really oh he's put he's put up current well, late prospects anyway, put up was it Two points in the games he's played for you guys. Hmm. So that's not too bad, I guess. I mean, I'm sure he'll definitely be putting up bigger numbers for the Steel Dogs in the NHL. And that'll be a good body for them to have, considering it'll be almost their time for playoffs coming up soon. Yeah, it was a really strange one with um, with Valdix. Um, there wasn't a whole lot said on him uh, until uh, the team went in, into COVID pro- protocol, and since since uh, the club came back, uh, nothing was heard from him since. But you know, he's he's doing his job as as, as a uh, as a temporary replacement. We've also brought in Polak and uh, Traversa, and of of those guys, I think we're on agreement. We'd rather keep Traversa and Polak because they've been outstanding so far. 
Valix, you know, he's 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 done what he can. Uh, still done pretty well for us. I think he's just at that age now. You know, he he is getting older, and I think the standard has just sort of dropped a little bit. But in a team like Steel Logs, you know, he's 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 he's, he's going to be competing because Steel Logs are a competing team. There's some players uh, that he'll know on there, uh, such as Jason Hewitt. He'll he'll know. Uh, a fair few in the league as well, such as Brandon Whistle, he'll, he'll, he'll know Coach Shoulder, uh, he'll know a lot of players, so I think it's a good move for him, be around players that he knows, and generally a league where he can sort of boost his career up a little bit, which I know I, I'm pretty sure we're coming, you know, coming to an end pretty soon, uh, I think he's like 36, 37 years old. So he is at that point now where you know he probably think about retiring, but he just wants to go out with a bit of a bit of a a, a bang really. So this could be a stepping stone from to, to get to maybe maybe back home or or in the East Coast League maybe. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, this could be a great opportunity for him. And yeah, just just wish him all the best. It's nice to see that he's down the road from. From most, he's not going too far, but I believe he has got a uh, a partner who lives in Sheffield, so it does make sense for him as well to stay to stay in the city. But a good acquisition from from the Steel Logs. I mean, it's not very often that you see an NHL draft pick in in the NIHL, so it's a great pickup for them. Yeah, we know what Valdix can do. He's he populated one of the main lines in Steelers history over the last ten years. You know. The Valdix Nelson Dowd line was one of the best lines we've had in a while. Um, it was good to see him back in Sheffield for a little bit in in, in Steelers colours. Obviously, like you guys said, did, did as a solid um, when it came to playing the Conti Cup extra body. Um, did a good job on the ice. Seemed to slot in with the team quite well. Obviously, still a couple of players that he'd played with previously um, on the roster. So, a good guy to get in. And, and as far as we were aware, I think at one point, and I'm sure Simsy made the comment at the, the shirt auction at one point that we'd signed him on a full-time basis um, and then since then every time he's not played a game but he's not been mentioned on the scratch list for the Steelers so there's been quite a lot of rumour and circulation around what's going on with him and then all of a sudden out of the blue with no comment from the Steelers at all it's so he's signed for the Steelers so it's a bit of a strange one um, as far as I'm aware he lives in Sheffield now um, so like you say Andy he's got a partner from Sheffield one that lives in Sheffield um, so yeah, absolutely makes sense for him. A great acquisition, but there's absolutely no doubt about that for uh, for the Steel Dogs, and certainly someone that Greff, you said he got two points for us in the Conti Cup, or when he played for us at least. I'd, I'd expect him to be getting two points a night playing for the Steel Dogs in that league with the talent that that guy's got. Um, interestingly, it's quite funny. I've just been reading the um, the press or the, the press release, but the comments from the Steel Dogs co-owner Ali Cree. Um, he says, I've known Andreas for several years and we've talked about him becoming a Steel Dog, but never too seriously until now. Having played a fill-in role so far this year, he was keen to get some quality time and play for a team where his experience could make a difference. There was plenty of interest, so I'm really pleased he chose the Steel Dogs. He's trained with the guys a few times over the years and he knows Huey from his time across the road, so it'll be easy for him to drop into to the lineup. With only two months left of the league games, it's great to add a guy with his qualities to the team. If we can get our injured guys back too, then we should be a match for anyone on the run. And of course, we have the National Cup to play for, so Andreas will be a real asset. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one reading into this, but you can still kind of read the kind of tensions between the Steelers and Steel Dogs a little bit in that in that release. Um, but yeah, 
a, a strange one when I first saw it, but a good move for the Steel Dogs. And if he's if he's living in Sheffield and just wants to carry on playing hockey, like they say, there you can't argue with that he wants some quality time, quality ice time because he's certainly with the team that the Steelers have got right now. Whilst he'd, he'd be a good player, he'd be nothing more than a third or fourth line player now. Um, particularly with the time, either time off or the time in the lower leagues that he's spent. So, yeah, a good acquisition for them, good move for him. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he can bolster that team towards championship. Um, comments on anyone else? I mean, I guess the real standout one's Chris Lawrence, really, gent. That's just like uh, someone who likes travelling. Just another stamp on a passport. He, 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 when he's when he finally hangs him up and he just you know wants to look back on the you know the memories, he goes over his passport. Oh, I've been to that club. I've been to that club. I've got a bit of space in my passport. Last page of the passport. Let's get another one. Um, I, I thought he'd retired. I'm not going to lie. When it was done, I think his last team were. I, I thought he'd packed it in. So I know they need bodies. Um, and I suppose if, if he's maintained some form of game fitness back over in North America, he, he probably will do a, a fair job for five just to keep a body, just to give the guys on the bench a bit of breathing time. Um, Strange one, won't lie. It's beyond out of the blue. But then I suppose he also knows the league. Whereas other imports that are out of the blue, we kind of go, well, they don't know the league. And it's, it's a bizarre one where, you know, you think of it's hockey, you should know hockey, but like with coaches, sometimes those who have got good resumes and kind of look at the British League and go, that's a walk in the park type thing, find themselves out of a job very quickly so at least he knows what to expect so interesting but you know let's see if he can do something yeah uh, I think his last team in the late league was yourselves 2018-19 only played nine games though and then went over to France and then played I think it's like it's the a lower league in Canada, and obviously didn't play towards season twenty twenty one. So yeah, it'll definitely be another body that Fife are certainly going to need, especially with losing a player as well. So they're gonna hopefully they're gonna hope he brings the player he was in twenty fourteen fifteen or. 2016-17 where he was getting 52 points or 37 just because that could then push them towards either taking points away from the people the teams that are fighting for a championship well the league title or fighting against the teams that are towards the bottom and it's like a few, a few points race for the, the last playoff spot. Although, you're right, it's going to be another stamp on his passport. Another Scottish team he's played for. All he needs now is to go to uh, Clan. I think he's going for the world record of how many teams can you play for in the league. Uh, this will be his fifth, so he's already halfway there. Uh, um, strange one, really, because he's, he's he's not played uh, in over a year. 
didn't play last season, so it's going to be a question of well, is is, is he going to be? Is going to be a match fix? It, it is a a lot of time that he's had off, but um, obviously they they see something in him. They they see some trust in him. So, and also they could do with the bodies, like previously mentioned before. So um, again, he knows the league. He knows some of the players. He's he's got a feel for it already. So maybe it'd be an easy fit, or maybe. It'll, it'll be a case of, you know, he just needs a, a bit more fitness first before, before he starts playing. But, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's definitely a strange one. And he's certainly done, doing the rounds. Uh, but, yeah, still a good sign if he needs to get someone short term or, or or whatever. But, decent find. Uh, but, again, we'll have to see on what his match fitness is like when he, when he plays his first game. Uh, but, yeah, seems pretty good. Bizarre one. Bizarre one. Um, started his elite league career quite well. First first season in Nottingham, 52 points in 51. Following season, he played for three different teams. Played four games in Coventry with a point. 15 games in Sheffield with 12 points. And 31 games in Nottingham with 18. Then went played another season in Nottingham, 41 games, 37. So up to this point, he's, you know, he's contributing well points-wise. Dundee, 16 games, 13 points. Like you said, Gref, um went back to Sheffield, nine games, four points. Uh, and then that's the point when he's, he's kind of, well, he went to the French League, uh, Angers, which is where the, the, the league where the new signing for the Panthers has just come from, uh, six points in 12. And then he played in the ACH, which, Gref, like you say, is a, a lower league in Canada. Interesting to see some of the guys that he's played with in that league, um, because in the season that he played there, he also played with some players that will recognise. One player that I, I think, None of us would disagree you would want in your jersey, which is David Link. Uh, he also played with uh, former Steelers player Jordan Owens, and he also played with, well, I don't know who he played with, but he played in the same league as uh, Doug Clarkson as well, ex, uh, ex-Cardiff and Dundee player. So, yeah, so, you know, this is, this is a few elite league veterans in that league. It's a weird one, and I think the reason that it's a weird one is because you know, I don't think any of us expected him to go there. I don't think any, like you say, I thought he'd retired. Didn't play last year, hasn't played this season up to now. Bit of a strange addition, but five knee bodies. And the thing is, I mean, Andy, you, you say about him potentially lacking the fitness. But one thing that might work in their favour a little bit, so I don't think it's unfair to say that he's never been the most mobile player. Um, you know, he's got a lot of strength on the puck. He's got a half-decent shot and he's strong in the face-off circle, if my memory's right. So he'll bring a lot to that team. Maybe his fitness might not be an issue just on the basis that actually his game comes from different areas. But then again, you still need your fitness, you still need your game time, you still need to be dialed in. So it could go either way for him, um, as a lot of elite league teams have found, because I think some elite league teams have signed him and then realised he's just not the right fit. Um, hopefully that isn't the case in this instance. Um, the comments from them on him was, we've been in discussion with Chris for a number of weeks and he's keen to get back in the game. He's been working hard on and off the ice to get back into shape and I've seen him since arriving in Kakadi and he looks in fantastic shape. We brought him in because he excels at the face-off dot and is a big body we can use on the power play right in front of the net. In a market where it's tough to find quality players, we've done well to get Chris at this stage. He's a veteran guy who is steady in the defensive zone, which is an area we need to improve on and in turn will help us generate offence at the other end of the ice. 
as everyone knows, and um, we are not shy about it, we are trying to improve the team where we can in a congested market, and we will continue to do so until we get it right. Chris will surprise a lot of people, he's highly motivated, and he's going to be a good fit for us. If all of that's right, and if, if all of that, you know, plays out in the way that they expect it to, could be a great signing for him. You know, Fife don't necessarily need a really skilled guy. They don't necessarily need someone who's going to bring them 50 points, or however many points and however many games are left. They need a guy that's going to stabilise the team. Having someone with that experience to help this team out is uh, is potentially going to be a big big move for them. Um, let's just see if he comes in with the form that they hope he will do, rather than the form that I don't think it's unfair, rather than the form that we would probably expect him to, which is a guy who's not played in over a year. Um, any more signings that we want to talk about, gents? I think the only real other signing has been Kevin Massey, uh, the Nottingham Panthers. presuming this is because no one's got his elite prospects for a defenceman um, I just wanted to check something before I kind of started talking so apologies <laughs> in volume um, for a defenceman he puts admittedly in um, in lower leagues so there's no no disrespect to him puts up some serious points for a defenceman Um Okay, in the BCHL and the ACAC, a fair bit of playoff experience. Um, seemed to be doing better for Angelé than when he played for Strasbourg the year before. Admit it was only over 11 games. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, did a fair job and, and, and steadied them along. Um, I think Panthers need some stability. And I think we've mentioned it a few times. They've, they've had either through playing decisions um, or stuff beyond their control that they've had a rocky few months. So they need on the ice that they can control some stability. And I wouldn't be surprised if this this kid can give them some of that. Um, say Francis is first place away from North America, so at least he gets to a place where he'll, unless he's very fluent in French, um, unlike Griff, um, it could be, you know, it could be either, it could be that kind of type of signing that, uh, A, benefits him, but B, benefits the Panthers, more importantly, for them. I mean, one year very true there on the, the French speaking, that's never <laughs> going to happen with me again. <laughs> Maybe we'll do the next live one. Maybe we need to just uh, record some just to see how uh, uh, nope. say fantastique it is, mate. We. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking at his stats. Obviously, he's played in the British Columbia Hockey League. 157 games, 93 points. From a day man, that's brilliant. And then the other league that I was looking at, I had not really heard of it before, the Alberta Colleges Athletic Conference. What a mouthful that is. <laughs> but yeah, 105 games, 91 points. Not bad. Obviously comes over, plays in France's second division, 
11 games, 15 points. Plus minus is 8. Plus 8, that's pretty, pretty decent. And then obviously the next season, is it is it Anglet in Liga Mangus? 22 points from a D-man. Still only only a minus 4, which is quite decent. So, with how Panthers have felt with their D-men over, or their D-men over this season, their fans, I'm sure they'll hope he actually puts up the some good numbers. Be interesting to find to actually see him play. Playing, not playing, or won't be playing Storm for a while. Don't think he's playing yourselves either. So maybe we'll see him on a, a on a clip from the Elite League. Who knows? I'm sure we'll see it all on Twitter anyway. It was, there's not a whole lot to go on because it, it was his, uh, it's only his second professional season. Uh, as mentioned before, his stats are, uh, for a defenseman are fantastic. Whether it's you know a top league or a bottom league uh, in, in the world, it's very very good. So he does strike uh, as an offensive D man. Uh, yes, okay, he's got the minus four for Anglia this season, but you know they are tenth in the league out of twelve, so. Uh, that's to be expected. Still can't take that away from him. The 22 points in 30 is really, really good. Uh, obviously, he's a very different player to uh, Taylor Doherty, but I think this could be one of those diamond in the rough sort of signings. Seems pretty solid. Still very young as well. Uh, and given that he, he has uh, the British flag on his elite prospects, could this be another... Uh, or even better, should I say, uh, Dallas Earhart type of player. Um, I, I know it's only a, a season or two before uh, Dallas started playing playing for GB uh, since he joined Manchester. So could be an, another great addition to the roster. Uh, and well, God knows, uh, GB could certainly do with, with all this um, input talent as well to help them through, uh, to, to help keep them keep him in the uh, top leagues it is so it uh, could be very a very important and very good signing for Nottingham in, in, in both those ways junior wise just yeah in, in, incredible it's, it's very rare you, you'll see a D-man uh, of, of that sort of age who was pretty much lit up as in the in the juniors and uh, lower leagues in the in North America so credit to him looks like good signing and I, and I think Gita Set has done well to pick up again this sort of this sort of player. Uh, not obviously one that would be sought after a lot by a lot of teams, but again, I, I do think it is one of those damn in the damned in the rough players that other teams just don't really have that chance uh, to take, but Nottingham obviously do and I, I have a feeling that it's gonna pay dividends for them. Yeah, Andy, you hit the nail on the head with that, mate. I can't actually... There's not much to comment on in terms of his uh, his actual stats. Obviously, you guys have covered it. His junior stats are um, are pretty good, to be fair, particularly for a D-man. He's put up good numbers in the uh, in the Liga Mangus. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, a 
strange one, a strange one. But you know, Nottingham are needing players like you say. They they need players to stabilise at the moment. Again, I've just said about five not needing a player that's going to score however many points. But Nottingham are kind of in the same boat. They need someone who's going to steady the ship and, and that's going to kind of bring them a bit more strength and a bit more sturdiness in, in, in terms of what they can do. They're putting up good results every so often and put up good performances every so often and maybe this is the kind of guy that they need just to kind of bring a bit more consistency and make that a bit more stable and a bit more of a trend rather than it being they go in and play and win 5-1 one, one game and then lose 5-1 the next. So... Um, Andy, yeah, couldn't agree more in terms of him being a potential diamond in the rough for them. He's six foot four, so he's still a big, big frame. Um, he's twenty six years old. He's actually, he was actually born the day before me, um, on December the first. So, yeah, looks to be a decent signing for them. I'd read you what um, Tim Wallace, not Tim Wallace, uh, what Mark Matheson, or um, Guy Doucet or someone like that would say. I'm having a mare today again. Um, I'd read you what they've got to say. Uh, there's actually no comment on their uh, on their release, which is a bit of a bizarre one. Uh, I did open the page and didn't think at first that they'd sign Duncan Keith because I feel like he looks a bit like Duncan Keith on the picture. But um, yeah, no, a decent signing for Panthers, and I think, like I said, at the moment they're not looking for that star player; they're looking for that player that's going to bring them some consistency. So maybe if you're a Panthers fan, um, you know, I'm sure you'll be hoping that that's the case. Uh, have we got anything else on any any uh, any signings, boys? I don't think there's any more players that have signed for teams. I think there's been more players leaving other than that. Yeah, I think the situation with the five one was the weirdest, was it not? Was it something to do with he was like it was rumoured or it was confirmed by his new team that he'd signed ages ago and five didn't announce it for ages that he'd actually left? Yeah, it was very five. Yeah. It was more so, um, I think for personal reasons, he just wanted want to be closer to home. I don't think he could find anything in his native country of, uh, of Latvia, so just went as close as he could. I think Poland was just a bit closer to his family, and I think just a better fit for him, really. We see it happen all the time at the end of the day, particularly like around COVID times, obviously. In Sheffield, we know that more than anybody this season, though, having lost... Alexuk for the same reasons of it just couldn't make it work with his family over in Chef. Um it happens you know, at the end of the day if a player's not happy a player's not going to be played to his full ability and at the end of the day it's, it's a stock market for these guys they need to keep make sure their stock's high to make sure that a team's going to want to sign him next year if he's not playing his best game that he can for Fife but try it somewhere else because at the end of the day his next thinking is where am I going to sign next year so um, bizarre one but well, yeah, not much more to say about that, boys. Anything else that we want to add on the airport, or are we happy to close it all on that one for today? Yeah, we'll close it all on that one then today. So the next thing that I've got written down is Dops. Uh, not had Dops to talk about for a couple of weeks. Mark Louis has uh, has received a two-game penalty for an illegal check to the head. I always like the way that they say an illegal check to the head, like this such thing as a legal check to the head. But, um, yeah, game against... The Five Flyers on the 28th of Jan. I think we've all seen we've all seen the video of this now. Um, not particularly the easiest to comment on, just given that I think there's only one angle of the hit. But I'll throw it out to you guys. What do you think? With consideration to the angle, um, it doesn't look a good hit. Um, although I, I won't be too, too honest, if the other side of the the camera 
is available, we had to make it look worse. So, did I read right? It's three games. I should have it done. Written the two games, two games. Uh, two seems to be a bit of a consistent number throughout the season. So, it's not. I want to say it's not dangerous. It's not like he's charged, you know, from one end of the ring to the other to make the hit. Just a bad hit. The player, I'm right, in memory says, right, the, the player got up, so there weren't an injury on the play, so two games seems to be okay. Feels like it's just kind of, let's, let's get the bang and let's get it done and not. It, it kind of not have a feel of the, I'm not saying brushed under the car, but let's just get it done, dusted, and move on. Whereas others seems to have been a lot more, we'll, we'll give it, you know, get all the camera angles, we'll show all the camera angles. Um, and we'll give rationale and thought. Was this one just didn't have that feel? But either way, no suspensions in. He, you know, cases a repeat offender for later on in the season. Who knows? That was going to be my question because uh, he already is a repeat offender. He's already been suspended once. Has so it hit it... the head? Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't know. know if it's. It just yeah, says class as a repeat offender having previously been suspended and fined during the 21-22 season. Fair enough. So so, saying, for the repeat offender for the suspension would be for that for, if he did the same offence again. If that makes sense. Mm, it's weird because they call him you know, it's boarding before. It was a one, it was a one game for boarding. So strange that they called him a repeat offender. Because that would have been the question of, is it one game for the check to the head, and then one game added on because you're a repeat offender? Or is it two games for the check to the head, and a bigger fine to go on to go in bunkers at a playoff weekend? One or two? Other pubs are available to drink in. It seems to be a, a very common trend, this number, but like Oprah saying, you get two, you get two, you get two. Um, yeah, it's stupid, really, isn't it? I mean, it, if it's illegal, and surely you think two games is probably nothing much, really, is it? So, I'm, I keep looking at it now, and I'm, I'm looking at it right now again, and... You can see him turn sort of slightly to to his right, the uh, the uh, five player McNicholas, but there's still plenty of time to judge that from Louis. It's it's, it's like he sort of knew what he was doing because he he was sort of stood for a time and then just sort of chose his moment to take the hit and I don't know just kept going through with it, even though you could clearly see the player. Uh, turning and then obviously the contact is with the head and not any uh, part of the body, part, other part of the body like the shoulder or anything. So yeah, it just, just seems very strange to be another two game for something that I think you had a lot more control over, other than from other uh, hits of the head previously. So it's it's, it's just baffling this whole two game work really. You know, it's it's not gonna discourage your sort of behaviour if you're giving them very lenient bans. Um it's just been a commentary from Dots for quite a while now and 
Uh, they've done pretty well, I, I think, to have not got anything other than done this as incident for a couple of weeks. But when you have very lenient bands like that, it's only going to open the floodgates really to more players thinking, oh, well, it's two games. Because some players do have that mindset and, yeah, just, just can't really get my head around it really. Yeah, you boys have summarised it spot on. Um, last ban for Dops was the 27th of December. So we've not had one this year so far. Um, it's been quite nice to have a couple of podcasts where we don't have to talk about suspensions. Um, but, like you say, Andy, you then get this one. And to me, it's a lenient one anyway, I think. To me, it's a three-game ban for the hit alone. On the basis of, like you say, he had full control of it. And to me... He either had to make contact with his shoulder, which would have been in a completely different body position to where he was. He skates past the shoulder and lifts his shoulder up into the chin area of McNicholas. And secondly, and I'm the biggest advocate for hating, or usually hating, the phrase of it was an unnecessary hit. Because to me, it's a contact sport. You like to see a good organised hit. He skates through the lane where the puck is and makes no attempt to actually get the puck on his stick. He skates basically through his stick and leads his shoulder up into the into the chin. It's just just bizarre. Um, and like you said, he's got full control over it, and that's the the, the most frustrating thing for me is they acknowledge it. <laughs> they acknowledge the fact that you know they say that obviously the head was the principal point of contact. It's important to note that the head contact is avoidable. There is no sudden movement or change in head or body position by McNicholas immediately prior to contact. For Louis to make this hit, he must avoid any contact with the head area. But you're not really putting that message out by giving him a two-game ban as a repeat offender. I just, I just don't understand. I, I can only imagine the rationale was it didn't result in an injury. But to me, it's still a dangerous hit. It was still a very unnecessary hit. I don't know. I often say that the bad hits are usually a, a mistimed or... or a misjudged hit and to me there's, there's more intent in this than probably any of the previous hits we've seen this year because I don't think there's any way you can argue that was a mistimed hit he just completely goes in and, and you see him raise the shoulder in from the angle unless there's something that the other angle shows which can't, can't imagine if it was available then Cardiff would have made it available to the league it's just bizarre um, and then, like I say, the fact that they've, they've actually said he's a repeat offender. Um, and Dave, you, you, like you say, to me, from what the league have said previously, a repeat offender is someone who's done the same incident. So it would have had to have been a previous check to the head. But at the same time, I think we've spoken before about the fact that actually maybe we should be classing boarding, checking from behind and checking to the head as the same incident in terms of it's a bad hit that could result in an injury. You've actually said he's a repeat offender. Gref, you, you said uh, you presume it's a one game for the a hit and one game for the repeat. That's all I can think. To me, this is a four-game ban. It's a three-game ban for the hit and an extra game for the repeat. So I think he's come off very lightly. Um, and the fact that it's such a short release as well is just bizarre. You usually get a much more in-depth rationale behind the ban than they've given it this time. So it's just a strange one. And... Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say, boys. It's just a bizarre one. Again, for me, just stops not doing enough. Um, we got anything else to add on Mark Louis? Or are we happy to uh, draw a line to that one as well? So the next one, 
a point that uh, usually, well, I don't know if it really make any difference to us, but a point that we'd usually be quite excited to discuss, something that we've, we've not had for a, a year or two. Uh, playoff finals weekend. Uh, it certainly caused more of a stir than a usual announcement about playoff finals weekend would do in the Elite League, um, as they have extended the season by a week, uh, which obviously has resulted in the playoff finals weekend being pushed back a week. What do we make of this, boys? I said on one of the, the, the podcasts previously that the biggest achievement would be everyone driving away on the Monday morning the playoff weekend with a season finished. That would be the biggest achievement that the Elite League can do this year. If my move it a week allows that to happen, but also allows it to be done in a fair manner in the context of teams have a fair chance of getting their games in and played. Now, OK, some can argue that, for example, Glasgow kind of hindered their chance of having it done in that kind of manner. That's a different discussion for a different day. But I think for the league to be able to do that, if it means moving it a week, I'm comfortable with it. I have no problem with it. Yeah, it means that uh, accommodation became at a premium because it had been rumoured for weeks that this was moved. And I know a number of fans um, had already got reservations for the week after, just on the safe side as to which weekend um, it will be on. Um, and yeah, that's a bit of a downer for fans on that score. Um, downer for Belfast fans. I hope they can change the flights. Now, knowing the, the airline that flies, flies Belfast to East Midlands, I think they will be able to without cost, all being well. Um, it does harm the GB preparation for the world champs. But again, given this season's still had impact by COVID, if doing it, if this happening just allows that league season to be finished in an honest manner, Premier League, of course, um, I'm all for it. I'm all for it for the, to be finished in, in an honest manner. Um and, and so be it. Um, yeah, every decision, everything that the, all the things change, it always impacts someone, and not everyone's going to be looked after. But you know, I think this season and maybe next season, there's a bit of just get things done. And if we can do it in a manner which keeps the integrity of a competition, which is probably what I'm trying to say, then I'm I'm more for. And I think this is a good to allow that to happen. I think it's a good move. Yeah, I think personally, to see a, a season finish fuller, that's the one thing we all want the most. Granted, I think one of the one of the well, the last weekend of the regular season, one of the games, I think we're pretty much all missing anyway because we're at a wedding. unfortunate but you know you, you can't really help that, that fact but then obviously moving playoffs granted the well I think pretty much for like myself Joe Dave it only means we use one day holiday rather than two the annual leave 
Thank you, Bank Holiday. Win. And probably just for most people, I'd say most people that go to the playoffs weekend could be the exact same, which will be a win for them. There has been some pretty stupid comments out there when this got put out. But then again, what do you expect? When is a post is always going to be something stupid being commented. It's unfortunate for people that already had things booked. If you already had it personally, I think if you had it booked, it's non-refundable. That's kind of silly going what kind of world we're in at the moment. That's just my own personal opinion on that. I think it's kind of silly. Because you're never going to want to fork out 600 plus quid or something for something that may not go ahead because of COVID. It's still not normality at the moment, so... No. I'm looking... Personally, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really good. It's the only time I actually see playoff hockey because none of my teams only go in it. I'll get that joking before any of you do. As if we do that. It's played one game. Yeah. So did the Raiders. Exactly. Oh, I went to dig, I was just saying. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. And then obviously that brings us on to Finland. And we go see GB. Well, three of us do. Sorry, Joe. There's always good things when you don't come, though, Joe. Oh, yeah, exactly. The GB tournaments. Doing my bit. <laughs> it was it was never told that we was going to be moved up, um, a week out. And for me as, as well, it's just nice to see uh, the full league as it is instead of you know cancelling um literally when there's like five ten games left to play in the season like like it was in 2020 and obviously missing the playoffs then missing the playoffs last year uh but nice to have that back because i think you know we've, we've all really missed that it, it, it's an event like no other uh i'm not just done about you know uh in terms of sport but like in the world where fans come together as much as they do in in the elite league uh, we've all got friends from different teams. We've got friends from Belfast, Cardiff, uh, Fife, Dundee, Nottingham. You know, it's it's all these places coming together, uh, and yeah, it's it's a good chance to see friends I've not seen in a while, uh, and yeah, it's been a fantastic weekend for all of us to be honest with you. But, um, the only gripe I really have about it is I think they would have. They would have known about it at least a bit more early than this, so I, I think they should have put that, you know, sort of worked out before and put a statement on it on it before this time. So I think it is quite late to leave it. Obviously, it's going to impact a lot of people. Uh, then again, on on the flip side, you know, um, it is an unpredictable world right now. So I think you know, 
the future, fans need to look at the uh, T's and C's of, of of booking because you know if if haven't got that that um, you know, policy of cancel at any time because we we, we never know what's going to happen next. You know, for all we know, tomorrow the playoffs could be cancelled. It, it it really is that sort of world we are in right now. So yeah, I just think more caution from from fans booking in, in in the future will save a lot of a lot of trouble and hassle. Uh, so that's just something to bear in mind going forward. But yeah, again the World Championship it's, it's a, another week less of prep for GB. Um, hopefully it's not going to impact them too much. I think the announcement of uh, the game against Denmark in Coventry, Nottingham, I think that's a very good move. Getting some getting some uh, some ice time for them, uh, especially against uh, especially against Denmark. Um, which are also in the, uh, the Olympic Games this year. So, yeah, tough opponents, but a very good challenge at the same time. And, yeah, just just, just bring it on, and uh, maybe we'll be able to bring you uh, another MSZ Live podcast. I think definitely an MFZ Live playoff podcast might need to be done again. That was good fun last time. Um, Shall we aim for it to be sober, though, this time? No. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Just checking. Can confirm that's a no. We, we, you can't do a sober podcast about a beer league, mate. What can I say? I, I, I should have known. You're right. So no, you, you guys have not the not the nail on the head again. It's, it's one of those. It's moved back a week. It needs to be moved back a week for to get the games in. At the end of the day, we know what kind of season we're having. We're not kind of year, and it's quite disappointing to see some people complaining and not willing to kind of I don't know budge share that leniency you're not a beer league because you've had to move things around in a season that's so unpredictable um, I get the fact that it's put people out and I, I'll not really include Belfast in the bracket of of, of unnecessarily complaining because obviously it's a lot more difficult for them so I understand their complaints a lot more than complaints from other fans the other thing I'll say is that they you, you, you touched on this as being rumoured for quite a while. It's been rumoured for quite a while. I don't think any of us have been able to go on social media without seeing this rumour before. If you're complaining because you can't now book hotels, maybe you should have thought about booking a hotel when it came, became a rumour. You know, like cancelable hotels, just maybe book just on the off chance that you can cancel it and then don't move back. It just seems a bit strange to me to then complain and say, oh, well, I've just tried to book my hotels and I can't get them. Well, that's great. Now think about looking when it was rumoured. Um, and again, like you guys have said as well, if you're, if you're booking a, a non-cancelable room in a COVID year, I just I don't understand the logic. I, Dave, I'm looking at you more for this one because you're normally our booking guy for these kind of things, but I can't think of any time where we've booked non-cancellable rooms for playoffs regardless we always have non-cancellable rooms I don't book uh, any hotel rooms for hockey trips that you can't cancel Covid not Covid just because sometimes you know and we've seen it where you you, you plan you look at the, the fixture list and you go oh, we've got the Belfast weekend things change so, you know for me the mindset I have is just it allows the flexibility for ourselves as the fan, to be able to not have to fork out for the hotel. Now, in fairness, I know with some of the hotels for 
Belfast weekend, for example, they've understood the, the, the whys, whatnots, and been very flexible and, and worked with people who had bookings to be able to just transfer it to an appropriate date um, when the games should, should be scheduled. And I appreciate that may not be able to do this for a bigger weekend for the hotel industry in Nottingham. Because you know, let's be fair, you know, you've, you've got six and a half thousand people that come down. You've probably got another 500 that come down that don't go to the hockey, but go to the bars and everything. So you've got, like, potentially, i say 4,000 people that descend to Nottingham for a weekend. That's a massive weekend for the hotels in, in Nottingham. So they're going to have to, especially when they'll have had the, as everyone knows, the, the, the entertainment industry and the, the hotelier industry has had such a hit with, with the pandemic. They'll do everything that they can just to try and get as many pennies as they can get, and I've no criticism of them whatsoever. So I like to say, just a bit of, be a bit smart. I mean, let's be fair. People rumour when the year after playoffs is so they can try and get uh, the Ice House, so they can try and get uh, the Premier Inn on London Road or the juries as cheap as possible. That's the staple. You hear it all the time. I think it's this weekend. I've heard it. So, you know, my friend's neighbour's pet dog chewed up a piece of paper that said, it's that weekend. Um... You hear, you, I mean, I'm exaggerating on that one, but you hear different things of having it. So it's a staple of the playoff weekend and the, the nature that, that the beast is that, that weekend. People not to kind of go, let's just set the punt when you hear it. I'm surp- it's surprising. And seeing some of the names that I've seen complain about it, they've not been able to get hotels, who also are quite quick off the mark to get hotels. It's it's surprising. I'm, I'm like you, I'm with you on that one, Joe. It's, it's a bit. Stunned, truth be told. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't. Never, I've never heard non cancelable hotel, unless you absolutely know for certain. And even if the event that you're going to is cancelled, you're still going. No. It's just a story. We always say that elite league fans don't find anything to complain about. And you say that some of the, play- the names that you've seen pop up are the, the names that you would often expect to be booking hotels on rumours because they want to try and get a hotel. Some of the names I've seen pop up have also been the names that you see that like you just complain about things you should never play. But these, some of the ones I'm at, they're the ones that are sharp off the mark. They know, they, they, they know what they're doing. They, they, you know, it's not their first rodeo. So. But, uh, yeah, whoever mentioned the live podcast, yes, have to do it, especially that would theoretically be uh, the Gretzky number of uh, podcasts. But you not to do a live one at the playoff round weekend. I've just, I've just realised, actually, the last playoffs we actually did one before, as in, like, the Thursday before, or whatever day, and then we did one on playoff weekend. So, actually... It could be that it could be the hundred number being the live playoff podcast. I think we might need to try and make that happen, so that playoff the playoff one is the hundredth episode and do that as a live one. But let's do it. Let's get started. We will. We will. We'll get something worked out for that. But yeah, on this, I mean, like you guys have said, it, it takes a bit off the playoffs because of the amount of complaining about it and. I don't think I'm wrong to say, and we always look forward to Belfast. We always try and go over to Belfast. Um, you know, if you're a team that's lucky enough to go over to the CHL or the Conti Cup, that's a weekend that you always look forward to. I know for certain that I don't look forward to a weekend more in Elite League Hockey than the playoff weekend. And and it's like you said, like you guys have said, it's the time to go and mingle with other fans. Um, 
you know, and I don't think there's any other sport where you see that happen, where you see fans from every team go into a bar with players that haven't made playoffs absolutely smashed walking through the bar and mingling with <laughs> with other fans. Who was the one that, Gref, when me you went into? Was it Stewart? Brian Stewart. Oh, God. Maybe worse that he's wearing a Steelers shirt and I'm wearing a Panthers one. Yeah. And just a look of confusion on his face. Imagine how confused he'd have been if he'd realised he was a Manchester fan. <laughs> and he was not in a sober state whatsoever that weekend. Oh, absolutely not. Playoffs done properly. Oh, correct. But now, we're, we're all looking forward to playoff weekend. We're all looking forward to heading back to bunkers for the first time in what feels like a decade. Um... Unfortunately, no legends this time. I don't think legends are shut now, is it not? No, it? I think it's had a wee stay of execution. The legend, yeah, yeah. It's uh, no, it'll be good to it'll be good, good to go back to Nottingham. Good, good to go back for a playoff weekend. Um, the 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 fated third v fourth game that that favours our pockets more. If you put the over under, guess it's over the money. Um. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm looking forward to playoffs. I don't think this puts too much of a shadow on it for me, but I, I get people's complaints to a certain extent. It's not, it's unfortunate. I think we'll all agree that it's unfortunate. And on a normal season, if we just suddenly said, oh, we're moving playoffs back a week, then maybe, yeah, you might buy into it a bit, a bit more of a, a tin pot decision to go, oh, we'll push it back. But in a season like this, yeah, no, no complaints from me. Um, it's just nice to be able to talk about it, boys. It's nice to be able to talk about playoffs again. Indeed. Um, have we got anything else to add on this one, gents? I think this is the last domestic thing that we've got written down now. It is. So, we'll move on to the next section, which as per the usual, we talk about this section, I'm going to throw it straight over to Dave, because that is, of course, the CHL. Thank you, Joe. And we finally got the second semi-final done, dusted, and we know who will be competing against Rogler. Unfortunately... For those who have an Oktoberfest jersey, it isn't Red Bull Munich. It is Tapera Tampera, who are making their first CHL final appearance with a 3-0 victory. Uh, two goals for Kusala and the third strike from Luoto. Um, gave the hosts a 3-0 victory. The game itself, not one-sided, but uh, Munich... Without standing the effort they put in, they did give everything. They just didn't seem to be able to string much. Tapera was comfortable, if truth be told. Um, but a semi-final lot remembered for the the the, the faff about the cancellation, you know, the Finnish authorities putting the team in, in COVID protocol, and the, the German authorities doing the same uh, for Munich. I think that'll be remembered more than the actual game itself. Um, and unfortunately, with the, the restrictions at the moment still in Finland, it weren't a big crowd at a venue which um, myself and, and Gref and I don't... Andy, did you watch the game? Uh, yeah, I think I did. So uh, we, we were spotting, or hopefully spotting our seats for when uh, Great Britain uh, play out at the, the Nokia Arena. It's a brilliant venue, um, fit for World Championships. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... All roads lead to Rogler, 1st of March, 6pm UK time, the final. A new name on the trophy. It is weird to think that Frolanda won't be in the final, never mind winning it. It's the one consistent that is with this competition has been Frolanda, um, the powerhouse that they are. So I think we'll do the who do you think will win 
nearer the start of the podcast at the time, but that as a and if they can get fans in, because I think there's still some restrictions in Sweden. Um, no, and I think they've been lifted. Reading some of the uh, and stuff, they, they're expecting a, a sellout with the Scandinavian this weekend. So imagine a full Rogler uh, venue with I think it's eight thousand for a um, the final in a more compact arena than finals that have been at the uh, at Lulia, uh at, and both the Flunderborg and Scandinavian. I reckon that's going to be some hell of an atmosphere. And if there's a fair few uh, Tepera fans that can come over, even better. And maybe, just maybe, Swedish hockey fans may start to take this competition just a little bit seriously and start coming out and supporting it. Miracles have happened. They have happened. Maybe this is a bridge too far, but who knows? But with having one of the teams that isn't expected from Sweden to make the final. It may just give them that wake-up of, oh, you know, you know, this is now a, t- a tournament to, to actually give serious consideration. And fair play, Rogler. First time in the CHL, never mind making the final. They just rock up and host it. You know, they must think it's child's play. It's like, well, we'll just we'll just get qualified for this every year. We'll, you know, it's a fair play to it. But no, I think it'll be a great game. I think it's a lot of, t- a lot of talent on both sides. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Graf's having some issues getting himself on mute by the looks. No, I was just waiting for you to finish your own. <laughs> didn't want to be rude or anything. <laughs> but in. Tired. It's, it's, <laughs> never know. My watch is decided. It's half past twelve, mate. I'm tired. So, yeah. yeah. Rogla Tapper, what, 1st of March, 6pm, should be on free sports or premier sports. Aaron Murphy will have the call on that. But shouldn't this be COVID pe- pending? No, Lukarama can't make the final now. They, they, they've, they've screwed it. That's it, they're done. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, very strange not seeing um, Falunda. In, in the final this year after they've absolutely dominated the uh, competition over the last couple of years uh, but s- still seeing a Swedish team in the final no surprise uh, I mean Sweden really is the, the powerhouse of, of European hockey right now so great to see uh, Rogler in, in their first is it their f- second or first year in the competition? First year ever in the competition mate it's old, isn't it? First year, uh, first final. So, could they go all the way? We'll never know. But um, until the game, obviously. But yeah, just very strange to see uh, two different teams in the, in the final. Uh, it's going to be a good one. All Scandinavian as well. So it's going to be pretty feisty. We all know when it comes to um, international competition how, how much the Swedes and, and the Finns hate playing against each other. So hopefully it'll be uh, it'll be very fun for one to watch. I tell you what you mentioned about Sweden being the, the powerhouse in Europe, and you're quite right in terms of the CHL. And I know the reasons why the the KHL don't have um, any teams in the competition, but it'd be interesting to see how 
that would pan out. And, you know, if you had a, like, a, a CSK in Moscow or um, CSK in St. Petersburg or Magnitogorsk or teams like that, Gardonsk, that would actually, you know, how they would fit around. But I appreciate when they're travelling and the turnaround in games you can't get to Omsk, for example, and get across to Munich just on the on the distance time and everything. Um, Imagine if uh, Cunland made it. Made it. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I tell you what, if that ever happened and Sheffield drew them, I am not booking that trip. You can forget <laughs> it. You mean Team China in the Olympics? Yeah, Team China. But... Uh, no, but just to say, it'd be interesting to see how they go on. Because I know in the, the the previous edition of the CHL, the, I think it was known as the KHL at the time, or the Russian Super League, teams was in that. Because um, we say, me and Griff were talking previously, it was, um, you can you get like four games like um, Zurich v uh, Magnitogos. Um, so be, that would give the, the competition another interesting twist, but it's been a good tournament. Um, and I just hope, without doing the jinxing, it less now, Griff, um, that Sheffield soon enough can host and go to CHL games. I picked the wrong time. Griff's having a drink, so I'll jump in. Um, yeah, no, it was a. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think. I think. Well, I said it last time. I think we were all agreed last time, or at least some of us were, that we wanted. Uh, we were rooting for Munich to go through to the final, if nothing else, just for the Lederhosen and Jersey connection. Um, I certainly didn't expect it to be quite so much of a blowout game in terms of the result, but uh, it promises to be another good game. And like you say, it's it's nice to see a different team lift it. It's nice to see we know that Froland has dominated year in year out. It's nice to see two completely different teams in that final. Um, unbelievable story for Rugler, whether they win or not, to get that far in their first season. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting game. Uh, I didn't, well, I didn't, didn't watch the uh, the last game. I, I actually genuinely completely forgot that it was even on. It was only when you guys were messaging and saying, "Oh, it's looking like a, uh, a tapper in the final." I was like, "Ah, okay, forgot that game was there. Uh, forgot that game was on today." But yeah, looks to be a good final, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see who lifts the trophy at the end of it, like you say, a new name on the trophy either way. I uh, I must say, for as as much as yeah, we did want Munich to go, go through, they did put up a half-decent battle to start with, considering they had three lines, that was it. Against four line hockey in Finland, that's, that's crazy. You know, as for you playing against them and your line short, you're asking for hiding to nothing. Yep. Just the speed level alone, never mind the skill. Was it COVID related as to why they only had three? Yep. Yeah. Three lines against four lines. I get two top teams, it's like, yeah. As fast as you can go, it's just not really going to be one of the games where it's going to be like, yeah, we can do this for 60 minutes. It's going to be like, yeah, we're 
absolutely shattered come the third period. You know, when you're absolutely shattered, you make mistakes, and then, bam, you, that one goal is turning into three goals. I look to her, I do look forward to the final. I, personally, I think, yeah, I, I'd love for Tapra to win it myself, just because we get to see, we get to hear Dave say Tapra one more time. <laughs> and then obviously when we go there, hopefully they've got merch with CHL on it. Well, maybe the trophy. Or even the trophy, the trophy, yeah. That'd be great. Even though. There's much more to add on that, boys. I don't think much more to say. Um, we say we're going to do predictions close to the time, or do yeah. we? Do we think we'll do it near the time? What date's the final again? First of March, St David's Day. St David's Day. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll do that close to the time, then, boys. Anything else to add on CHL? No. Right. Okay. The last thing I've got before we go through to the usual two closing sections, then, boys. Um, Andy, you alluded to it earlier on. GB uh, confirmed to be facing Denmark twice as part of the uh, World Champs prep. Uh, and they will be playing in Coventry on Saturday the 7th of May. And then they'll be playing at the NIC in Nottingham on Sunday the 8th of May. What do we make of this one? I'll say this. If myself or Griff is watching this game either day and we match the state we was in the day after the last time we watched Denmark the night before there'd been a damn good evening because this was the one when there's a fa- there's a very good story that we'll make on a live podcast it's not for consumption on these normal ones um, but we was in a bit of a state shall we say the day after and watched uh, GB lose 9-0 to Denmark so if we can match that level then it'd be a good night but uh, like Andy said it's good preparation they're a good side uh, we we pushed them all the way in, in Riga. I was more than impressed. I think we all mentioned in and around what was very impressed actually just how well we we went toe to toe with them throughout the game. Um, and I think if if ever, ever there's a year where you don't want the three four weeks of prep because of all the COVID stuff and everything, just a quick prep, which we've said many times before, you don't do it at main world champs because I don't think the other country is going to have that kind of normal full-blown prep as well. May, may, may probably be longer than what Gabriel will have, but no, the normal, you know, month, six weeks. So, a good game against a, a fast team. We've got a, a countries that are really, really quick. Um, all, all teams at the top level, but we're talking, you know, elite pace. Um, so, it'll be a good test for us. And it'll be good to... A good Nottingham the week after and and put the club jerseys off and put the national ones on. It just feels like ages since the Olympic qualifiers in Nottingham, which was the last time um, the three of us, and me, Griff and Andy, were, saw the, uh, that defeat to Hungary. So it'd be nice to get a, a, a GB game to watch. Uh, as you mentioned, that fabulous... Was it, a, was it a Monday, wasn't it? It was, yeah. For sure. Yep. Well, as long as we get into the state of the photo, brilliant. 
maybe not the day after one. Yeah, obviously. We're feeling worse aware and then seeing GB lose 9-0. I'm thinking, I could have stayed in bed for this. <laughs> but it's great to see GB play hockey again. With fans as well this time, as they've not played in front of a crowd for a good while. So I'm looking forward to that. And obviously, hopefully we can keep up with them at the same pace as we did in Riga, where it was only 3-2. And that was in overtime. And I'm pretty sure they were on the power play as well. So, as long as we can keep up with them, that way it'll be great preparation work. Any of the elbow crowns will come over, even better. It'll be just great. It'll be great to see on home soil, you could say, before we go out to Finland to watch them. I'm just looking forward to it, really, personally. Captain Ding Dong in a Danish shirt. I love that. Skating round, flagging off the GB fans. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, it would. Uh, I think I'd, I'd pay to see that. I'd, I'd pay to just ship them over here, really. Uh, but yeah. Denmark are a great team. We've already established um, you know, a few years ago that 9-0 defeat. Uh, but then closer uh, last year, uh, just being edged out three two in overtime. No, that, that was a fantastic game. So we are we are a lot closer to them than what we were in previous years. Uh, I've, I've I've completely forgotten. Have we got these in in our group for this year? No, we haven't. Right, okay. Uh, so that could go either way, really. Um, obviously, if. We could have had a up hand if we did play them before on the way in our group, but obviously they're not. Um, but still, great preparation, great team to play against, um, and I feel it, it'll do both teams good. You, you know, we are a, a point like I mentioned before, where, where we are close to them. Uh, obviously, we're still behind them. Is is um, in terms of depth, we're still way behind them, but. Very, very close compared uh, to, to previous years in the World Championships. So I think I think it'd be very close both days. Um, just you know, it's it's, it's, it's going to be a short time anyway to prepare. But in terms of you know getting someone to play against who is of the caliber of Team Denmark, it, it's it's a great prep match. And um, you know, there's probably not not many other other uh, international teams that would have done it. Uh, albeit in in the top division of, of the world champs, so great to have them over here, um, and just really really good ice time to have before they before they depart for Finland. Yeah, talk about that the prep time, and you know we know it's not ideal. I think even obviously completely different scale. We obviously had that at the start of the season, where I think most teams had a, had a week or two pre-season match. Um, you know, so it's pretty much the story of the season, um, and it's going the same way for GB at this rate. Obviously, not a lot of prep time before the World Champs, but a good team for us to go against. 
in fairness, a good a good kind of game in terms of kind of a yardstick to see how we're gonna how we're gonna fare this year. Obviously, we know how we did in the last World Champs with the three two loss in OT. So I know it's only going to be pre season, and presumably both teams aren't going to be going full pelt at the risk of uh, of getting injuries. But it'll be good to see if we can still put those performances to put the close results up against Denmark like we did last last time round. Um, nice to have two games in England. Um, you know, two games that we can go and see. One in Coventry like last time, uh, and at least we can pronounce the name of the team that we're playing in Coventry this time rather than playing was it Nizhny Novgorod or whatever it was, Torpedo. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it should be, it should, should be a couple of decent games, should be a, a decent amount of prep work for us, um, and hopefully we can carry that through as well uh, into the World Champs. Here's one thing to consider. No, you, you you said Joe that both teams won't be going hell for leather. But when will be the cutoff when they'll decide the final squad? Because theoretically, or traditionally, shall I say, it's normally after or before they set off to play the last mm. uh, game is when they announce the final squad. So theoretically, after the game in Nottingham, that squad's announced. So there could be some players who fight for the final spot. So as much as theoretically you'd be right, they're not going to go and helpful ever in case of injury. But maybe somewhere on the edge may just go, no, we're going to go for this because this may give me the final nod. So who knows? Yeah. Should, like Andy said, there should be some two cracking games. And I'm looking forward to, to catching one of them at least. Yeah, that's it. Boys, when we discussed last week about the like even just thirty-two man squad, for well, the initial thirty-two man squad, and in fairness, we all kind of came out of that saying that squad's exciting to look at with some of the players that we've got in that. You know, some of the depth that we've got in that, and some of the strength that we've got in that. You know, that's only going to reduce, and it's only going to, in theory, get better in the respect of we're going to get rid of the the players that aren't the right fit. So by that point. Like you say, you'll have some players that are fighting for that spot to get on a plane to Finland, but you'll also have the players that aren't going to be going to Finland. So by that point, we should have a pretty strong team. And if, if fairness, it follows the kind of same lines that we were expecting with the obvious addition of Dallas Earhart, as we said last time, we fully expect him to be in there. But if we follow that kind of excitement from the, the, just the squad that we discussed last week, that's another bit of excitement for that game, in fairness. It makes me more excited for the game on the basis of we're excited just for the 32-man squad. So what's it going to be like by that point? And the one thing I'd, I'd hope, and I appreciate it the week after the playoffs, so obviously you know people have put their eggs in that basket in terms of money, that, but the one thing that people, and I used to have this opinion many, many years ago, and I'll, I'll explain myself, is that those who go to the, the world to watch GB, it's a very... For one of better, it's very clicky. It's very, they, you know, they keep themselves self. And once you actually go, when you go to these trips, and I appreciate, um, Joe, you've not been, and Andy, you've been meaning to go, but thanks to COVID, you've not. Um, once you actually go to them, and you realise actually it's, it's not nothing like that at all. But it's the one time a year they see each other, so they, you know, they all get together, and, and the atmosphere amongst the GB fans is something completely different when you're away. Um, so I just, it'd be great if you had that atmosphere, not just the five six hundred who've been to the last two tournaments. And it's not a criticism of anybody who hasn't gone. 
Now, I appreciate there's many reasons why people don't go to these events and, and whatnot. But if you get that atmosphere and that, in, that excitement, like you said, for, let's say, 5,000, five thousand, five five and a half thousand in Nottingham, a full house in commentary, to give them the send-off, but to get that buzz of, because you have too much of, oh, I don't care about GB, it's all about Sheffield, or it's all about Manchester, or it's all about uh, Milton Keynes, or it's all about Nottingham. Once that final pucks, once you've left the, the doors of your playoff weekend on that Sunday, club hockey, that's it, it's done. And I did this developed over the years of once you, it's like a handover. You take your club cap off and you put your national cap on. And it'd just be great that more people, and it had the, and we have that culture, because that's the one thing that's probably missing, I'll, I'll try Griffin's this one. Because obviously you've, you've kind of jumped in, you've jumped on the bandwagon at the best time. In terms of the gold era, um, but to get more people, and not just those who go to the, these tournaments, but those back home to actually get excited and want to see GB do well and actually back the program to see the benefits of, of a good national side does to the domestic game and also the players who that we've seen go abroad and they go, oh Liam Kirk. GB player. Oh, hang on. GB are in the top level. They played against these. They they survived. They they stayed up. They they, they beat these. They beat them. I recognise them. And it kind of all fits together. But your experience in terms of, in, in that regard. For me, yeah, like my first trip was Budapest. I went there thinking, all right, am I only going to know a few people there that are just mainly all Steelers fans and then Boz was there got got speaking to other fans from across the league and now you're just like you you know they're good friends with them and then it's just become a good it's like towards the end of the season you're like I can't wait to actually go to GB go and watch GB play in Budapest in Slovakia in Finland uh, wherever we're playing, it's just a great trip away. I, the the atmosphere is so much better, I thought, than minus the playoffs. So much better than just the regular season at all in in general. Because you you all thinking we're here for one reason, we're here to support. The, club, the the country itself. We're here to honour our country. It's where we're from, where we grew up. For most people, it's the place that we love the most. And then you think, you know what? I don't like you. For example, for me, I'll see players like Davy Phillips, and I'll go, regular season, I really don't like you. Come May... You've got, you've got a GB jersey on. I actually don't mind you. I think you're a good player then. Or uh, the likes for yourselves where I won't use Dallas because I know your feelings for that. Play like Mike Hammond, you'll probably think he's a great player. But when he's in a Storm jersey, when he was in a Storm jersey, you were like, great player. Don't like you because you're scoring goals past my, my team. Goes to GB. Puts four goals in the tournament. You're like, you know what? You're a really good player. I love you. It's just one of them. You you put your your hat off, your club hat, 
Put your GB one on. Get behind the team. Sing the national anthem. Sing all the songs going. You make that. You make it a fun weekend for yourself. Is she, she going to try and be all clucky in the terms of the fact of I'm going for the club business? You're not going to enjoy it. I don't really think you will enjoy it at all because, yeah, there's so, there's so much more to do than that. Personally, anyway, I just love... These are the trips that I love the most. And I'm just glad that you got me into it. I remember being on the bus back to the, uh, the airport in Belfast saying, Griff, you've got to go, you've got to go. And you was coy about it. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go, but I'm not sure why, I'm not sure. And I didn't know at the time. Again, another good story for the live one uh, as to why you were a bit coy about I'm not sure if I can go or not. But uh, like you say, it was like this, this, I've got to know people personally from from Fife who I didn't know until going to GB. Um, and some of all the uh, teams of fans will go. You get to know them, you get to, and you you know you keep in touch with them. And it's it's one of them. It's best we say it. You, you will not see each other. It's basically it's like like All Star Weekend. It feels like you. you, you once that weekend's done, you don't see that person for a year. But once you've gone back that year, the following year, it's as though there's not been no time passed. And it's just, it's become something, and maybe because of the results, but something special. Like what the point I was making, kind of, if we can get that just in the domestic arena sort of games held in the UK, I appreciate, you know, any Scottish listeners may go, difficult for us because we don't get any of the games in Scotland. And maybe that's something down the line where um, in terms of the senior side I know the juniors were player put to Solway a fair few times but in something to, to consider uh, then but it would just be good to have that kind of atmosphere starting in the UK starting at the games where the GB played and then also as daft it sounds the online feel because once we calmed down after the, the, the France game and you saw all all the tweets, all the comments on Facebook, all the the Instagram stuff, and you just got that buzz where you just you just like, wow, this is just you know, this is a fan base. That's actually just more than just the 500, 600 there. The however many thousands who watched it at home, it's everybody. And you all, it was that that collectiveness. And hopefully, with a two-year gap, we can really hit the ground running and send the guys off after these two games at Denmark to. Another miracle on ice. Who knows? That's the thing, like you guys have said about taking the club hat off, putting the GB hat on. Just think, if there's nothing else that's going to spur you to go to a game in a game in Coventry or the game in Nottingham, given the season that he's had so far, this might just be your opportunity. This won't go for Belfast fans. This might just be your opportunity to see Scott, Scott Conway score for your team and not against your team. Yeah. The amount that he's putting in this year. So... I know I've never understood the lack of interest in it. Doesn't even just extend to GB. We've, we've we've had the same discussions about CHL. We've had the same discussions about Conti Cup. It's this constant. Oh, we're only really bothered about domestic league, and it, it never makes sense to me of of why. I, I get that. I get the kind of particularly with CHL and Conti Cup. I get the arguments of oh, it's more open to injury. There's no real reason for it. Well, there is. You, at the end of the day, there's still silverware to lift. And with GB, what people won't realise until at a point where maybe we did, well, you know, we go in every year saying that there's every chance that we might drop down. What people don't realise, and we'll realise it at a point where we do drop down, if we do drop down, 
the reason that we're getting the strength of players that we get in this league is aided by the fact that Nottingham went through to the knock the, through the knockout round to the next stage. Sorry, through to the knockout round of the CHL because Nottingham won the County Cup because GB are in the top flight because Cardiff do well again in the CHL the last few years. That's what gets the name of our league out. That's what stops our league from being a retirement league and starts our league from being the stepping stone league that we've said with the last few signings. And maybe that's the point when people will open their eyes. When GB, if it happens, drop down to you know drop down from the top flight of the worlds, and maybe we do see that slight de- like decline in terms of quality of players that we see in this league for a, few, a year, two years. And I'll, I'll say this: but there's one thing. You, you kind of, I think you, all teams have had the kind of the, the mantra of it's just about the club. Yeah. It's just about the club. It's very secular. It's just us. You know, don't give two hoops about anything else. Don't care about, so, you know, I'll give an example Sheffield based, but you can do so with any other club. Fans, because of messages and direction of messages from people, they'd rather win the Yorkshire Cup than see the team do well in Europe. And that's been the mindset. You can change teams, change the cups, that's there and thereabouts. But I'll I'll throw this when we before the, the France game we were all like do you know what it's been nice can't see it happening but we saw them in the top level I tell you now to a man woman and child in there in the second interval everybody I'll not use the terminology used but screw them but other words we used let's do this three 0 down pulled it to three two let's do this you know what we'll find a way to, to afford Switzerland. But let's do it. And you don't get them moments, them, them, it's just times in your life that you can't explain. And it's not just sport, but it's, you know, obviously, you know, you'll go on to gigs, Joe, that bands that you've listened to for years and then you, you kind of hear something, you go, it just takes you somewhere that normal life can't do. Sport does the same. And pre season Yorkshire Cups don't do that. You know, Celtic Cups don't do that. It's, it's only at a different level that can give you them moments that actually makes you want to do it again and again. And, you know, this for hockey and, and hockey fans, you know, this last few years has been giving us them moments. And if we can just, like I said, have that mindset change, all the leagues, not just the elite league, but all the leagues, so do you know what? We, we look after our product, but in looking after our product, we look after the bigger product. And when I say bigger product, obviously the national side. And I appreciate that everyone's is their own business and they've got to look after their own business. But if we look after ourselves, look after something else, and the buying you could get from every single fan, even if for me just go, oh, I've got my phone gone to it. Oh, one, thank you, done. But there, that's your buying. And hopefully, you know, if anything, the time that we do drop down back to 1A and that period of reflection. That will be the grab. That actually, a generation of fans saw something that all of us never thought would see. I honestly think that, like, and it's, um, we don't go into this, we don't like the whole true fan kind of thing, and that's not what I'm trying to say, but I honestly think a lot of it stems from people not actually being hockey fans, but being fans of their team. Which is nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, I think I think I'd speak for all of us in saying that we're 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 hockey fans. We want to see the best games that we can see. We could go out to America tomorrow, and it won't cost us much. 
think we'd all be there watching any NHL team play any NHL, any NHL team we could because you want to see that game of hockey. And I honestly think that the the push away from CHL and Conti Cup and the push away from GB is almost because people expect to lose because they know that the quality of the competition is so much higher. And I, I think part of that is the problem, that people are that... Wanting, well, people want to support a team that have prospects of winning more than they may do going into these tournaments, that actually the idea of going into a tournament where, particularly like you say, Dave, nobody ever expected GB to stay up for another year. You know, nobody, realistically, no one ever expected GB to get up to the top flight. We certainly didn't expect him to stay in. But it's that prospect of, actually, we go into this tournament thinking, we're not going to stay up this year, we, we might go down... And I think that scares people. Or maybe not scares, but I think it puts people off because they don't want to support a losing team or a team that expects to lose. I'd agree with that. Um, I think it's, it's quite a valid point. And for years, it was always seen as kind of the, you know, the plucky losers. They'll get so far. Um, I remember years ago, 2001, this is how long ago where... Um, I was with my dad at the football, and my, my, my dad rung my mum to check teletext to see the score. Now, GB beat Kazakhstan something like 11-2, final game of, the, of their group stage, and they were in a place to go to the world champs. I think Slovenia had to beat Estonia by 16 goals, and they won 18-1. And you had that kind of, really, boys? Are you really trying to pull the wool over eyes? Um, cause a few retirements because you know, they saw what was going off. And you, but you had that kind of constant, we'll do well... And the final game for the hurdle. We'll do well. Final game again. And I, I, I think it's a valid point you're making. It's like, no, why should I? But then maybe, and I, when I say this, it's not a disrespect to anybody who doesn't fit. When I say fit, it's kind of a bit. I'm, you know, been a sports fan. Um, you know, we talked offline a while back. Just want to know different sports. I want to see my country do well. Whether it's in, you know, hockey, cricket, rugby or football, whatever, you know, and, and you're all the same for different other sports, if you know, uh, and probably, you know, with F1 drivers, you want to see the British F1 drivers do better. You, you want to see your, who flies your flag? You know, in club perspective, who flies, we want to see who, who wears Steelers covers, the one that seemed to do well, same with you, Gref, with Manchester, and anybody else, if you, if you were Nottingham or Guildford or Milton Keynes or Telford or whoever, whoever wears your colours, you want to see them do well. And you want to see him win. But for me, I have to think when it comes to the national colours, you know, we're seeing the Winter Olympics starting very shortly this weekend. I know the women's hockey's already started. And I, I always remember that it was a night out years ago, uh, 2012, it was a golden Saturday, and I think GB won three goals, gold medals that night. Um, and I was out in town, and the atmosphere was electric in a, in a, in a pub. And you just had... It was only the big screens, which just little screens dotted around the pub. But because people representing the country were doing well, it had that buzz. It had that catchment. It had that they're flying our flag and you're back into the hill. And I'd love. I think what you've said there, Joe, is absolutely spot on. I think it's that fear of, of well, we've not won, so you know, you know, we lost to Canada eight nil, or we lost to USA six three, we lost to Denmark nine nil. What's the point? When you're when you're Country's flags being flown at the top table in any event. Well, that's your point. That's why. If you'd be a chance to play 
the NHL star team. And I'm, I don't mean the Central, the Met, or the Pacific. I mean, if you picked the top players from the NHL. The best of the best. And we had the chance to play them. Anybody honestly say no to that? We'd get spanked. I'd like to see it. Love to see it. Yeah. I expect to get spanked, but then, hey, we score a goal. I'm celebrating that. Well, we, cel- we celebrated as much as when we tied the game one all against USA. Well, when we play Canada, and a lot of the fans were just like, "We're playing Canada." That's where it hit the most for most of us. Like, that was your holy moment. You're playing Canada. We're here. Uh, we, 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 we were in one of the bars. We were just like, and we kind of had that senses of kind of bored. I said at the same time, like, playing Canada today. And when you're at that top table, I mean, it's like, you know, in any other sport, when, you, when, when you're playing against the big nations or you're being against the big clubs, and you then go, you're playing against these. It's like when, when Steelers played for London. Yeah. And I, I remember when they skated out, and I'm just going, probably one of the best club hockey teams in Europe is on my ice as a Sheffield fan. Wow. That's... A different, it's that the holy moment. And I, you know, I'd love to see, I know you kind of join on the point of everybody just getting behind and have a bit more, not positive, because I think there's a lot of positive support from throughout the fan bases in, in all the different leagues, but just kind of the, be more visual, be more kind of, it's not the buy in rather than just. Yes, yeah, it's, it's buy in because, like I said, I remember when. It was Budapest when you was at a concert, weren't you, Joe? Yeah, I can't remember what I was doing. I was, doing, I was at the arena for that. Yeah, you was at the arena for something, for some event. Yeah. You know? But that person at an event is just as important than the person who's lucky enough to be at the, at the actual game. There's no better fan of him. We're all the same. We all wear the same shirt. We all, shirt, apologies if that sounded just said something else. We all support the same team. As family like, friendly, Dave. Family friendly. That's why I apologise. Um... <laughs> So we all support that same entity. And like I, I always say when people talk to me about the chips, I'm it's, I'm lucky to be able to go. And I know Gref thinks because we've had, been in the same conversation where we've all said the same thing. But does that make me a better fan of the, the GB side than you, Joe, or Andy, until he then say he's been to one of the events? No. Or anybody who, who can just watch the TV, they're just as important than those who are going to go out there. We're all, you know, we're all the same fan, and it would be, it would be amazing. Come, let's, let's say Tuesday, just give people a chance to travel home after the Monday of the playoffs. <laughs> flip the, you know, on your socials, flip the logos, national colours. Have the lion on for two or three weeks, and just have that kind of buying where, right, I'm not at work at that time, right, watch the game. Or listen to it on. I'm at work, but I've got the headphones. I can listen to the game. <laughs> oh, that was me and the last ones. Yeah, just that is that is as important because I remember. I think it was Budapest where I think it was Seth Bennett would talk about the figures of people listening to uh, BBC Five Live Sports Extra coverage of that tournament, and uh, Aaron Murphy did the same with the figures of them. The bigger the numbers. 
And as much as we mentioned, it takes an Olympic appearance to knock the door fully down. But the bigger the numbers, knocks doors down gradually. So I know that Free Sports have already said they're going to be covering the tournament, and I'm pretty certain um, the BBC radio will cover it. Just have, you know, if we can get that building from the Tuesday onwards, support the Denmark games fully, and then see what happens when we're all the dice in uh, Tampa Day. Just for you, Joe. Um, and, you know, let's see. But that's that's my hope. I think that's the best way to, to, to draw a close on that one, boys, unless anyone's got anything else to add. I think put the plea out to everybody to start getting behind the national side is, is, is the key message there. Anyone else got anything else to add on uh, on the, the GB games against Denmark? No. No problem. Right, so we'll move back to domestic um, just to close out the podcast. Um, I'll throw it over to Andy with the usual Stafford stats. Uh, before we do throw over to domestic, I think uh, it's just it's just worth mentioning uh, the women's uh, Olympic scores from today. Uh, as I told me, I've started uh, today, but obviously the um, the um, opening ceremony isn't until uh, Friday afternoon or this afternoon, if you like. Uh, but it kicks off today. Uh, well, yesterday. I will look at it. Uh, whatever, but. Um, Kicked off yesterday uh, with uh, Canada absolutely thrashing Switzerland 12-1. Uh, and then we had Czech Republic who literally just edged out China uh, 3-1. Kitsi of an empty netter uh, to make it three. Uh, and then uh, Japan, quite a shot they pulled off against Sweden 3-1. In that game, again, it was an empty netter. Uh, and then the final game uh, of the afternoon was Finland and USA, where USA uh, ran out winners 5-2. Uh, uh, Brian Decker unfortunately took a bit of a uh, a bit of a fall or, or a hit in that game, and, and it looks like she's out for, for the tournament and, and for quite a while. So, uh, obviously, hate to see that happen, especially in the women's game. So, uh, our wishes go out to her, and hopefully uh, she makes a full recovery. But, um yeah, uh, games start again today. Pretty early, to be honest with you. Uh, they start at ten past four. Uh, we've got Denmark against China, and also at ten past four, we have Russia and Switzerland. Uh, and I believe uh, either one of those games will be on the, the BBC Red Button or iPlayer. So if you're if you're up at that time for work, uh, or just probably set up for work. Uh, yeah, tune into our player, uh, and you should be able to watch one of those games. But it's it's, it's great to see uh, the, the, the winter the Winter Olympics go ahead as as, as scheduled. Uh, and um, yeah, China women uh, for now look look pretty decent, and so, and so do uh, Japan. So yeah, it's it's anyone's game still. Um, it's been some close games, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, where I'm going forward. Uh, there was one other thing as well. Uh, the Team China men's, um, obviously there's not many uh, Chinese players, unfortunately, who, who are of, um, of high level as, as what other teams are. Uh, so prominently, of course, uh, mainly the, Chin- the, the Chinese men's team is the Kunlun Red Star roster. Uh, but funnily enough... Um, 
I saw this on Complete Hockey News. They have actually made Chinese names for the Canadian-sounding players. Uh, and I just thought I'd, uh, I'd read a few out because they are quite interesting, actually. So for Jeremy Smith, the goalie uh, for Kunlun uh, and for China, his name is Jeriwimi Shimisi. Uh, Paris O'Brien is Duban Yongli. And the one I saw, uh, Ryan Sproul, who has played a few games, I believe, in the NHL. Uh, here's his Ruian Sipulaya. So it's quite interesting, actually. Um, something that's not really done, been done before, but it's interesting to know what, uh, obviously, what the Canadian or, or English Island names will be uh, in, in a different language. So it's quite interesting that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll throw it back over to domestic. Uh, I'll go through the Elite League um, table recently. I'm just going to try and get it back up again. Okay, so in first place we still have Sheffield with 47 points in 28 games. In second we've got Cardiff with 45 and 31. Third we have Belfast with 42 in 28. Nottingham have uh, 29 in 28. Guildford 26 in 29. Glasgow, 24 points in 25. Manchester, 29, uh, 24 in 29. And then uh, fighting those playoff places, we have in 8th Coventry with 22 points in 24 games. Dundee with 22 points in 26 games. And Fife, uh, well, I, I think we're also pretty much out of any playoff content contention. They have 13 points in 28 games. Uh there's no much changes in the top scorers for the league, so I think I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, uh, certainly still all to play for. Uh, we have, we have, I believe, Nottingham, Guildford, Glasgow, Manchester, Coventry, and Dundee. Anything could pretty much happen. You know, all teams have, um, well, or some teams have games in hand. So it'd be interesting to see when it comes down to those games in hand, who does make the uh, playoff finals the sorry the playoff uh, quarter finals um, and obviously still has to play for for the league still very tight at the top between the top three uh, still anyone's game yeah boys I, I mean, Dave and Dave and Andy I, I can't remember the last time of watching where you're in you're in Feb and already you're playing games where you're down a goal you're down two goals and in your head you're in this could screw the title race this could cost us the league. It's horrendously like anxiety-inducing, but oh my god, what what a what a running already! It's when you when you're already at that point. I can't remember the last time when we were at this point, and I'm not counting chickens. I'm not by any means saying it's going to happen, but I can't remember the last time when we were in this position where you're playing a game in Feb, thinking a couple of goals down there. This 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 could be the point where the season changes. This could be the point where we lose the chance at the title. It's uh, like you said, it's all to play for. Still, this it's still nice and close near the top, and uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Anyone else? Anything to add before we go into predictions? No, so so one game on Friday. We got Belfast versus Cardiff in Belfast first in the double header. Cardiff three one. Belfast 2-1 You're on mute mate Thank you Cardiff 4-3 in overtime 
4-3 over time. I'm going to say Belfast 4-2 on the basis of there's probably going to be an empty net on that one. Um, Any uses of laptops as well? Depends if Andy Dalton's reffing. <laughs> Did anybody see that tweet from Boomer and Corner just to change the say They edited the lyrics to it, Tony Marr, and added, she's the Dell of Belfast City. <laughs> uh, I did like that I'm like yeah I'll play gents or ladies who don't know who runs that account but uh, I'm sure it'll upset some Cardiff fans at least it wasn't Lenovo imagine that that is a plus <laughs> uh, yeah we've got Saturday uh, fifth we've got Sheffield Dundee in Sheffield Sheffield 5-3 Sheffield 4-3 Sheffield 4-1 Sheffield 5-2 Nottingham, Glasgow in Nottingham Nottingham 4-2 Funny you should say that because I've got Nottingham 4-2 as well Great minds mate Nottingham 3-1. <laughs> boys. I've got Nottingham 4-2 at all. <laughs> uh, Manchester Coventry in Manchester. Manchester twin 4-3 in overtime. I can guarantee you Greg's going to say Coventry because the last two times he went against Manchester. They go. Well, if you tell me, I said Co- uh, the, the other team to win and Manchester... Yeah. To, uh, Funny you should say that. I put four three in overtime for Coventry. Ooh. Okay. Coventry four two. Coventry five three. Belfast Cardiff second leg of the double header in Belfast. Belfast win four two. Cardiff to win 3-2. Belfast 3-1. Belfast 5-3. Five Guildford in Fife. Guildford 3-1. Another funny you should say that because I put Guildford 3 1. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 5 3 2 over time. Uka. Ooh, very Uka. Uh, I've also gone Guildford 3 9. No, uh, Guildford 5 1. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sunday the 6th, we've got Nottingham 5 in Nottingham. Nottingham to win 6-1. Nottingham to win 4-1. Nottingham 4-0. Nottingham 3-1. Glasgow, Sheffield in Glasgow. Sheffield to win 5-2. Sheffield to win 
Glasgow, 4-2. Who cut? Ooh. Sheffield, 5-3. Uh, Dundee, Guildford in Dundee. Dundee to win 2-1. Dundee to win 4-2. But Dundee 4-2 as well. That was in my head. Guildford 3-2 in overtime. Uh, Coventry Manchester in Coventry. Same scoreline as the night before, but and the home team yet again to win in overtime 4-3. Coventry to win 2-1. Unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> so shallow. <laughs> hey, it's worked so far. I hope it don't work this weekend. Coventry 4-1. Coventry 4-2. Uh, Wednesday the 9th, Cardiff v Glasgow in Cardiff. Glasgow to win 5-3. Ooh. Cut. <laughs> Cardiff to win 3-1. Mm, Cardiff 6-2. Cardiff 5-2. Uh, Coventry Belfast in Coventry. Coventry to win 3-1. You're just going for like the ideal Wednesday for the Steelers. Yeah, it does sound like that, but you know when you just know there's like dates where just things, the banana skins just kick into place? Yeah. I just look at them and I'm like, yeah. They're both, in fairness, they're both, it's not like they're playing lower down teams, they're both teams that can compete, Glasgow and, Car- uh, Glasgow and Coventry. Every chance. Glasgow play like they have done the past two times in, in Sheffield and actually get a bit more traction they're able to to do something and Coventry we know CJ Mott it's anymore I'm going with Belfast 4-2 Coventry 4-3 in overtime rather it be in red <laughs> Uh, Belfast 4-1 for me uh, that's all of the games before we should next record gents so that is the last thing I've got on the agenda I'll ask one more time any other business gents anything else to say I've got two things uh, one and I'll let Andy do it is socials um, ok uh, we are uh, My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook on Twitter we are at MFZ Podcast uh, and um, I can't read my Instagram things it's wrong way around MFZ Podcast again mate. MFZ Podcast again thank you <laughs> on Instagram you read it your virtual background yeah <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise it was wrong way around again until I'm sorry again no, no the right way around from looking at the screen so you're fine and also there's a discussion group on Facebook uh, and secondly um, that we're all involved in things are fair as we sponsor uh, the nice if fair to mention the uh, the victory on Saturday just gone uh, f- come from behind for one to win in uh, a penalty shootout so I just thought I'd uh, give the, the chef a nicer shout out there 
Why not? Can I make like league history being the only person to get a ten minute misconduct in a penalty shootout? <laughs> <laughs> Two things. One, A, only you. B, yeah. your stick when you launched it got closer to going in the goal than your shot did. Oh, my shot was close in fact. <laughs> the stick was closer. <laughs> I was, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um one of the one other thing that I'll mention, gents, just before and we move on to uh, to the outro, is um, NHL All-Star Weekend. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, it seems an age ago since we last had an NHL All-Star Weekend, and I absolutely love tuning in on a Friday night after we've trained to watch the uh, the skills comp, so it'd be nice to see that again for the first time in a while. Mm. Charlie declined an invitation to do the hardest shot. Did he? Yeah. Brilliant. I think there's a few players that have declined invites for the skills. Yeah. Or declined invites by pretending they've got COVID. I wonder who you're on about. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm, to be fair, this, I, I absolutely love Ovechkin. I, I genuinely, I fully, fully stand by the fact that I think he will, he'll beat Gretzky's scoring record. But the player who's missed every single All-Stars competition pretty much that he's been chosen for, at least in recent years, the first year that he was going to attend, in inverted commas, all of a sudden tests positive for COVID the day before the skills come. It just all seems too convenient for me. But either way, it should be, it should be a good weekend. It'd be nice to see um, Jerry in goal um, as a Pence fan. I don't know, that was quite unexpected so, after the but uh, but yeah always nice to watch it and also Jensen on an upside for us it also means there's no inclination to stay up until 2am today because or 3am today because there's no hockey games on so yeah but anyway gents anything else to add are we happy to end on that one I've seen shaking heads so we'll move on so Dave thank you very much sir no, thank you very much Joe thank you Griff and Andy um, to the listeners thank you for if you're still listening at this point um I hope you eventually do get to sleep. Uh, but uh, do give us your questions. Do give us some feedback. Do um, let us know if you agree with us. Um, I know we've not put out a separate post about our GB squad. We'll do that tomorrow, as in Friday the 4th, as it is now. Thanks for Andy reminding us doing the uh, the fixtures for the Winter Olympics, which uh, I, 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 I forgot that the uh, women started, so that should be a good tournament, as it was in Pyeongchang. Uh, so, yeah, no, thanks a lot. Let us know what you think. Um, and uh, I, I wish you, Joe, the very best next week that you have a good podcast and you get through the opening stages without many hiccups. I'm going to stop trying to read out goals in the times that they were scored because that's just... It's, there's so much writing on those pages because they put all the penalties in. I just tried to skim read through and I was like, it went from whatever, 2-1 two, two, to 3-2 and I was like, that's that's not right. No, I, I get when you try to read stuff and you just... Mm-hmm. I just was twisted so uh, I generally and you know I'm, and you know you've done it many times so you, I'm, I'm hoping for uh, you'll come back uh, better form next week because uh, you have done before I'm more hoping I'll leave it on a positive spin for you mate I'm more hoping to play the game on Sunday and avoid a 10 minute misconduct mate so <laughs> I'm going for the I'm going for the better odds one I'm going for next week uh, yeah. <laughs> Enjoyed it as ever. Yeah, 100%, mate. You and me both. Andy, thank you very much, sir. 
Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Gref. Uh, and everyone listening as well. Uh, really, really appreciate your support and, uh, and everyone listening. It means a lot to us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just we wouldn't do it without you. So thank you. 100%. Oh, I think we say that enough, to be fair. We do appreciate everyone that listens. If it weren't for them, we wouldn't be sitting here at half past one on a, on a Thursday night. So, Hashtag commitment. Hashtag commitment. <laughs> In fact, that might even be the name of the podcast now. Hashtag commitment. You're very welcome. Wrong podcast. <laughs> we're not going down there. We're going to get down a rabbit hole if we're not doing that. Other holes are available. <laughs> Last but not least, Gref. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks for having me. And also to staff, to Dave, people listening, thank you very much for listening to us rumble on for... Possibly over two hours now. Two hours seven currently. Well, like the like the the motto is not about the length. I'm I'm not starting that one here. I can't I can't do that yet. <laughs> I can't have another podcast where we're playing in twenty hours again. Try and do something. Also, Joe, don't injure yourself on Sunday. Uh, if I score, I'm doing a conga line, mate. <laughs> fully happening fully happening but now like you guys have already said thank you to everybody listening thank you gents enjoyed it as, as always always a pleasure on a, on a Thursday night um, yeah everyone listening thank you very much like Andy said we wouldn't be doing this without you um, and we do appreciate you listening to us ramble on uh, until the early hours of the morning so thank you very much for that Um and yeah, hopefully back next week. We've got to we've got to keep going on the weekly record now, gents. We've got to hit that hundredth episode of playoffs. That's the uh, that's the goal. So uh, yeah, hopefully back for next next week for another episode of My Fancies and Buried. <laughs>